Good morning on this Friday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we're talking about Psalm 119, verse 105. How his word is a lamp uh, unto our feet and a light unto our path. We're talking about the spiritual organ of the eyes to see. In Psalm 119, verse 18, Open thou my eyes, that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. The word that is used there for law in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word Torah. Torah, that also means the Pentateuch, the five first books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, it's all it's 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 also called the Decalogue because it was the giving of the law again. In other words, it was given for a second time. Uh, Deca meaning two, and then of course log meaning the the law. So open my eyes to behold the wondrous things in the Torah, and of course there's so many things that God has in there from Genesis to Deuteronomy, but basically the whole key scripture that we were looking at was looking at his word as a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And we said our feet do not see light. Our eyes are the ones that see light. Our feet do not see the path. They can feel the path, but they cannot see the path. But it is our eyes so it's the eyes that are given the understanding. It's the eyes that are capable of seeing. Therefore, the steps that we take can be ordered of the Lord. And the path that we're looking at can be recognized as one that we have walked uh, before. Or it's one that the Lord is leading us in. The word path basically just means an area uh, that one has uh gone over and walked on over and over and over. Think of this, uh, especially when when one was in, in, in school. You have sidewalks that make little right angles and sidewalks going here and going there. But yet, even though you have the sidewalks, people would get off the sidewalk and make a path to where they were going. Therefore, you wind up with these little areas where the grass is all stepped on. There's nothing but dirt grow, nothing but dirt there. Nothing else is growing because it has been trodden down. It has been stepped on by so many people, so many students that eventually it becomes hardened ground, and and nothing basically usually grows there, and and it is distinct and different from the actual road that one is accustomed to or the original paved area or the area that has been designed or marked out as a certain course. Well, he opens our eyes so that we can see through the lamp of his word and the light of his word so that we can see where our feet are going and where the path is at. Those two things individually actually uh, wind up having quite a bit of meaning for the Christian believer. If you've already trodden down a path for prayer, 
It's mean, it means that, that that is an area that is familiar to you. You know that you can get from here to there uh, a lot quicker or a lot faster. We can call it even a shortcut, but it's not really a shortcut. It just means that it is a familiar it is a familiar, it is a familiar area that our feet know. We know sometimes already that there's going to be a rock here or there's something sticking up out of the ground there or there's a hole here. So we're, we, we already know in advance because we've walked it so much back and forth that we know the objects that are familiar to us that are there. Well, as you walk the path, to prayer, as you walk the path to righteousness, as you walk the path to the cross, all of these are the way that the Holy Spirit can lead us to. Now, there's only one way, and that's Jesus. But that path that we are taking to get to where we are going has got to be one that is familiar to those that have gone before us. They've also walked that path. They know the ancient ways and the ancient things. So then that means that they can give us direction. They can give us instruction. They can give us counsel. They can give us encouragement. They can give us advice. They can give us warning. But it takes the eyes to see where your feet are going. And it takes the light of the eyes being enlightened to be able to not only see the path, but see your feet where they are walking. It's important for this. Now, this is outlined and helps us to understand this a little bit more. As we look at the book of Ephesians, in chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, the scripture says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, in the knowledge of Him. See, this is not the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the things of this world, physics, calculus, uh, algebra, even though God can give us understanding in these things. But it's talking about the revelation in the knowledge of Him. Of Him who? Of Jesus. Of knowing what our redemption is, knowing our Redeemer, knowing everything that God has brought forth through our great salvation and how much it costs, and what it is there for, it takes the Spirit of God enlightening our eyes to be able to have this Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And then he goes on to say how this is going to take about. It says that the eyes of your understanding, so now we have three very basic things that in the natural we can use wisdom in the natural. We can use knowledge, education in the natural. And we can use the understanding that we grasp uh, from the things that we have heard and we have been taught in the natural. But in the realm of the Spirit, it's the Spirit of God that speaks wisdom. 
not in the knowledge of man's wisdom, but in the knowledge that comes from God himself. According to 2 Corinthians, uh, in the uh, chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 10, it mentions this. There is a special uh, wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. In chapter 1 of that same book, it also mentions it. Had the, had the leaders of the time of Jesus known, had Satan understood this wisdom, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They wouldn't have put him to the cross. But they didn't know that. It takes the eyes of our understanding, and it's important to understand that the eyes of our understanding, both in our heart and in our mind, are necessary. Jesus, when he taught on the parables of the sower sows the seed, when you read the very first line on each one of the accounts, the Matthew, the Mark, the Luke, and he that heareth the word, you know, on the path, the on the roadside, on the wayside, uh, the one where it falls, basically where it gets trampled upon. He says, these are the ones that don't have understanding or that they, they didn't understand it and the enemy comes immediately to takes it away. So we have to have these three things always working in conjunction with the Word of God in our lives. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge in Him, of Him, and that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Now, this is important because when Jesus rebuked the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelation in chapter number 3, he, he condemned that church by saying, you guys are wretched, you're blind, you're miserable. He says, you need the eye salve. You need your eyes anointed so that you can see. He wasn't talking about their physical eyes. They could see with their physical eyes. We, we all have a pair of physical eyes, and unless physically those eyes are blind, uh, we have those eyes to see with. But we also have two spiritual eyes that can be opened up by God for us to behold into the realm of the Spirit the things that God has prepared for us, the things that have not yet entered into our heart, the things that have been prepared as the plan and purpose of God for our lives. And those things are only visible to the spiritual eye, not to the naked physical eye, but to the spiritual eye. If we keep our things with our physical sight and assume to walk by sight, we're going to get in trouble because the book of 2 Corinthians clearly teaches us that we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we have physical sight, but in order to walk the path that God has set before us and in order for our feet to be ordered every step of the way that he wants us to walk, we have to have our spiritual eyes open to see the light. We have to have the understanding that he enlightens in the heart and in the mind to be able to know, know what? To know the things that he has prepared for us. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. Jesus, when he 
corrected the disciples when they asked him a question, how come you speak to them in parables and, and, and you make things plain to us? And, and Jesus said in Matthew 13, 14, he said to them, is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, who said, by hearing you shall hear, and you shall not understand. Notice. And seeing you shall see, and you shall not perceive. So all of a sudden, he's making like, okay, you're, you're going to hear with your physical ears, but you're not going to hear with your spiritual ears to be able to understand that. You're going to be able to see with your physical eyes, but you're not going to be able to understand or perceive it with your spiritual eyes because it takes that enlightening of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to open our eyes to behold these things. It takes more than just simply reading something with our natural eyes. We have to say, as the psalmist said, Lord, Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things of your law. In this case, we would say the wondrous things of your word, your spoken word, your promises, everything that you have said concerning our Lord Jesus Christ that you want us to know about. The knowledge that we have to grasp and have, we want to see it with our spiritual eyes. And many times, if we go too much by sight, we wind up looking at the circumstances and we get our eyes off of God. And when we get our eyes off of God, we're in trouble. Because that means all of a sudden, God is light. We're walking in darkness, even though we assume we're walking in the light. Now, there is a problem with that because the scripture teaches us in the book of John, 1 John actually, it teaches us about walking, about walking in the light in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, Jesus is not in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. And he said, you are the light. You are the light when? When you're walking in the light, you're going to be able to cast off the reflection of that light. And as we walk in the light, we have koinonia. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. Now, notice in 1 John chapter 2, verse 11, it says, But he that hateth his brother. Now, this is just one example that is given. There are so many others that would fit this. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness. And knoweth not where he goes, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. In other words, your eyes are not seeing the light, because something else has cast a dark shadow over them. And that thing, in this case, was hating our brother. But it could be all kinds of other things that we do against our fellow believers in Christ. Well... Our time is already up. So much to say. Join us tomorrow on Saturday as we continue along these lines. We'll be talking about Balaam, his eyes being open, and we'll talk a little bit about Peter. But until then, keep looking up with your spiritual eyes. Our Redeemer and redemption draw very near. May the Lord richly and fully bless you in your day. Amen.
His mighty name. Amen.